This podcast is brought to you by Sarin, the diamond industry reimagined. From mind to consumer, power your diamond stories with Sarin Diamond Journey Traceability, accurate database and verifiable provenance in interactive digital reports. Hello and welcome to the Rappaport Diamond Podcast. I'm Joshua Friedman, Senior News Reporter at Rappaport. This is part of a series on technology and the diamond trade. And today we're going to look at one of the most important but also challenging issues in the diamond industry right now, how to tell consumers where their diamond came from. It's an accepted fact, pretty much, that consumers today want to know where their diamond is from, but actually providing that information is not so easy. A lot of goods are aggregated even as early as the mining stage. Um, The solution, of course, comes from technology, and we've seen growth in recent years in the number of programs enabling tracking of diamonds through the supply chain, often using blockchain technology to store data. Later on, uh, Avi Kravitz, Rappaport's news editor and senior analyst, will interview Leanne Kemp, CEO of Everledger, a technology company. But to begin with... Um, to discuss this critical topic, I'm joined by three special guests. David Block, CEO of Serene Technologies, a uh, provider of many technology services to the diamond industry. Hello, David, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Joshua. Very nice to be with you and the listeners. And Alexei Tikhanov, uh, Head of Projects for Strategy and Analytics at Russian diamond miner Alrosa. Uh, good afternoon, Alexei. Good afternoon. Hi, everyone. And Rahul Johari, uh, Senior Vice President of Global Sales and Marketing at Starrays, a large Indian diamond manufacturer that offers traceability for almost all the polish it produces. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Rahul. Thanks, Joshua. And hello, everyone. Uh, So, uh, David, at at Serene, I wanted to start by asking for your perspective, uh, because you have a traceability program, of course, Diamond Journey, which you claim solves this traceability challenge once and for all. So how does Serene view these challenges in the industry? So, and thank you, Joshua. Um, So we we look at this challenge. uh, First of all, as you said, it's, it's quite a significant challenge that for years has been addressed by mainly through declarations, uh, audits. Uh, you had uh, chain of custody um, uh, by um, the RJC. Uh, and I think with the introduction of uh, technologies uh, that uh, come to solve this problem, traceability really takes a step up. Um, and when we look at how technology should be integrated uh, to, to provide a solution to this problem, we look at a number of key factors. Um, one of them is that um, it needs to be something that is fairly simply um, implementable or implemented within the pipeline. Um, if uh, traceability creates a huge overhead and uh, creates a whole um, um, uh, rearrangement of the supply chain, uh, I think uh, it wouldn't be something that would be useful. So, so one thing is when we look at uh, providing traceability solution is having a solution that can really integrate within the current uh, supply chain from the mine all the way down to the consumer. Um, and, and that's the first point when we looked at the solution, we said that that's very important. The second is that it needs to provide a lot more than just decorative information. It needs to be based on data that's verifiable, um, and that um, uh, comes from an independent source rather than declared by the different um, 
entities along the pipeline. That provides a very high level of assurance um, of the correctness uh, and the integrity of the data, um, which if you go all the way down to the consumer who is one of the end users of, of such a um, program, a traceability program, is critical. Um, and, and we put a lot of effort into creating verifiable data using um, our existing infrastructure technologies that already exist along the pipeline and have been built up and are being used today um, in a very wide scale. And basically, we utilize those existing technologies with new algorithms that uh, enable us to track the diamond from the mine and all the way down to, uh, to the consumer. Right. Um, Alexi, um, Alvarosa is involved in quite a lot of uh, traceability initiatives. Um, I believe you were one of the first companies to get involved with the GIA's uh, Diamond Origin program and the De Beers uh, Tracer blockchain. And you're also working with, with WeChat in China on a, on a provenance program for diamonds. And I know you're, you've got some of your own projects as well. Um, what do you see as being the role of, of the miners uh, in this, on this issue? Joshua, actually, uh, I believe that uh, the role of the, of the miner in the whole uh, supply chain is to actually confirm that at some point in time, certain rough diamond uh, ha has indeed emerged and appeared at some point in time. Actually, uh, miners are, uh, are the only ones who are capable of, uh, of stating this and uh, confirming that. You're absolutely right that we've been involved with uh, lots of activities out there on the market, including the GIA Diamond Origin Report, including the Tracer Project, the WeChat Provenance Project. There are many others uh, that we explored over the course of last, I believe, two years. Um, within uh, all of the end, we are actually happy to 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 keep experimenting and uh, and see at the solutions that make sense. Um, Actually, just last year, by the end of 20, uh, 2018, I believe, we started, uh, um, actually 2019, I believe, uh, we started this, uh, this um, kind of uh, product uh, effort where we uh, developed a so-called Rosa Diamond Passport, uh, which is actually uh, basically the document that uh, one, that anyone in the pipeline who touches the stones that we have mined uh, is able to confirm that this is the stone that was mined indeed by us. And actually, the Orosa Diamond Passport is the document that uh, we are uh, supplying together with the stones that uh, are required for tracing purposes. Right, and Alexia, it seems that um, a, a lot of this has been enabled in recent years by a, a big um, big growth in the in the availability of, of technology and improvements in technology. Would you say that a lot of the stuff that you're doing now might not have been possible five years ago? Funny thing is that uh, I believe that it would still be possible to do it even five years ago. Uh, the reason is that uh, um, what we find in, uh, fascinating about the diamond industry is that uh, the level of technological uh, adoption uh, that is in the industry today is actually quite great. There are lots of different systems offered on the market that allow you to capture various characteristics of the stones, be it a rough diamond or a polished diamond. Uh, and actually, with that amount of data, what we believe is uh, it would actually be possible even five years ago. The only reason is uh, is, the, is the demand and the readiness of the market and the end consumers to 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 request that kind of data from the uh, from the industry uh, supply chain. Uh, 
what what I believe uh, the global trend that's happening in the industry right now is that the holders of this data, they start to work together with each other and they start to exchange the data between each other uh, in some certain fashion that allow to reconstruct and rebuild the whole data model around the physical object, which is a rough diamond or a polished diamond. And that alone, that kind of organizational level of cooperation between the uh, supply chain uh, parties uh, is actually what's required in order to build a tracing uh, project. Right. Um, now, uh, Rahul, I'd, I'd like to hear your perspective on this because um, you're obviously a diamond manufacturer and as, as we mentioned at the beginning, um, almost all the diamonds that you, that you manufacture go, th- go through the Serene uh, traceability program. Um, what is the midstream's view on this? How, how is the, mid, the diamond midstream dealing with uh, this uh, increased consumer demand for more origin information? Thanks, Joshua. Uh, I have a different perspective when we talk about this. We are talking about two things, provenance and traceability, which are quite often used interchangeably. When we say provenance, we're talking about the origin, where the diamond is coming from. And traceability is more to do with all the steps a diamond has undergone, right, from mining to polish or in the retail scenario till the time it reaches the end consumer. Now, of course, these two concepts, let's stick to traceability for simplicity. And I would say that midstream, we have been seeing a lot of traction, as David said initially, uh, the screen platform is convenient. We have the technology which is existing. It's pretty much integrated as part of our manufacturing. You know, uh, it, it's not something we have to go out of the way to do it. Uh, the data is verified objectively on the machine. It's no, it's not based on any kind of a declaration or any kind of paper. It's pretty much part of our complete entire manufacturing process. I would say from consumer's perspective, as you asked, uh, it's it's important uh, for them to know that where the diamond was mined, where its entire journey before it reaches to them, it not just gives them the required confidence, but they want to know whether the diamond was responsibly sourced. It's coming from an environment which has been uh, a sustainable environment. Just giving the origin need not be sufficient. Of course, they want to know. But at the same time, it's important to know each step the diamond has gone through. That story, when we are sharing the unique story to the consumers about their diamond, how it has gone through, I think that adds to the experience and it creates a kind of a bond for consumers. So from a manufacturer's perspective, a big advantage is that we get to differentiate our product. We get to enhance the positioning in the minds of the consumer that, I mean, they've had concerns, you know, for whatever reasons that you know, the industry has not been transparent in the past. I think traceability is addressing that issue across all industries today. Consumers are looking to know the journey of the product before they make a purchase. And if they know that the product is coming from an environment which has not uh, adversely affected the society and the uh, they prefer they prefer to pay more for such product. Mm. Rahul, when we say that a, di- and a consumer wants to know where a diamond is from, what, what do they mean that, by that? Do they want to know the country, the continent, the mine? How much, de- how much detail do they want? Oh, it would depend. Uh, look, 
it all depends this concept of traceability has been i would say pretty young you know it doesn't mean that the diamonds which have been sold in the past without traceability have not been uh, sold legitimately so we got to be extremely careful when we are communicating out this information to the consumer how we communicate to them they could be looking for the origin in some cases they are looking from the country where the diamond is coming from in other cases it they are more interested in knowing all the processes the diamond has gone through before they acquire it which means it was being bought legitimately there is a tracking mechanism uh, it, it's it's part of an ecosystem which which is nowhere tainted so this information lot many times we confuse and we overlap the information of origin and traceability and that is something which we need to be a bit careful i mean a consumer can be asking for a country but putting i mean i know it's a technical challenge even from the mining side that specifically because of uh, the goods been aggregated you can't really point out to one country but putting out more than one country on any kind of a certificate can actually confuse the consumer so we got to be extremely careful that how we are divulging this information to them Mm. David, uh, what, what's your view on that? Well, actually, I think Rahul is a very uh, valid point over there that uh, there is a bit of confusion between origin and um, traceability. Uh, we view origin as a subset of traceability. It's, it's one set of information of the journey, of the diamond journey from the mine uh, down to the retailer. Um, so, so that's, I think, uh, on the aspect of, of uh, origin versus traceability. When we look at the solution, we look at a solution that uh, enables traceability the whole path of the diamond as it travels from the mine through the different processes in the manufacturing stages as well as other processes until it reaches the retailer and we view that as as traceability because in the end uh, we believe that that's a lot of what the retailer is looking for um, and uh, what information in the end reaches the consumer you know i think that's a question in the end for the retailer and for the consumer um, um, i don't think uh, as a technology provider or the manufacturers or even the producers really have a a good enough understanding of really what the consumer is looking for and i think each retailer will take it in the direction that 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 suits them that suits their their story their branding um and so on with so will the mind be uh, uh, included as part of the information uh, i don't know uh, could be um but i think that's in the end it's a, it's a, it's a decision that each retailer will take i believe that even some retailers will only want this information for internal purposes and rather uh, not necessarily share much of it outside and maybe just say our diamond was responsibly sourced but have a very strong uh, validation of that uh, uh, that that uh, declaration rather just um, how it was done up until today which was again the best that could be done without technology which was declarations and audits and 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 warrants and chain of custody so um, i think what the consumer will actually want and use and what will be given to them will differ from retailer to retailer right david can you um estimate roughly what percentage of diamonds available on the market do currently have some degree of traceability with them so um still in percentage wise it's still very small um as uh, we we start out saying it's a fairly young subject even though it's been you know something that's been talked about for for quite a while um most of the entities providing some kind of a traceability solution have only really 
started in the last uh, two years to introduce us to the market. So the quantities are still fairly small, but uh, at least, you know, we can see what's happening with our solution are growing quickly. Um, and so I believe that it's a matter of time and that, uh, you know, the demand coming from the retailers will continue to grow. Um, it is something that uh, is not uh, unique to the diamond industry. This is a demand from the consumer that's coming from most uh, industries, whether it be coffee or clothing um, or tuna fish. Um, so I think uh, the requirement to understand that journey of the product um, is definitely a, a growing consumer trend and will, in the end, um, lead to a much wide, wider spread and usage of traceability, which in the end will actually create um, a much easier process to source such diamonds. Uh, at this point in time, you know, you need to connect the dot between the retailer and the manufacturer and the miner, which is, uh, which is sometimes challenging. Um, but I believe that as more and more uh, diamonds have traceability um, within them, um, then uh, that will become a non-issue. Just like today, it's a non-issue to get a diamond with a grading report. In the beginning, before grading reports were popular or very widely used, not all diamonds had a grading report. So there was a slow transition or transition between diamonds with no grading reports to with grading reports. And in fact, some diamonds today don't have grading reports. So I, I hear a lot of, you know, um, um, claim saying that you can't do this because if they don't all have traceability, then what about the ones that don't? And, and I think it's all a matter of how you present it um, and how it's a, a, a transition from the current situation to, to anything new. And I think that's uh, that will happen and is happening um, and, and it's actually just accelerating. In fact, COVID um, uh, didn't slow things down. It actually um, kept things uh, uh, running at, uh, at an increasingly uh, growing pace. And I believe that 2021 is just going to accelerate even more. Yeah, Joshua, if you would allow, I would like to also comment on 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 the same. Sure. Just that um, uh, actually, David is absolutely right in terms of the percentages and the penetration rate of the technology of uh, tracing into the uh, into the market in terms of the volumes and sizes. But uh, what's interesting about uh, about our products that uh, I can tell you from the side of Alrosa that we actually have two two subsets. Subset number one would be the polished diamond that we produce ourselves. And subset number two would be the, the rough diamond uh, that we produce uh, that we produce and sell. So in relation to subset number one, which is the polished diamond that we produce ourselves, I can tell you that 100% of whatever we produce comes with uh, provenance and tracing guarantee. But it's the, it's the, it's the subset where we sell the rough diamonds that is uh, that has a uh, uh, kind of uh, s uh, relatively small uh, penetration rate in terms of uh, tracing. And uh, but actually what happened over the past, I believe, year is that uh, we made sure that the industry and the clients of La Rosa are duly prepared in order to meet the demand from the end market. And uh, we believe that uh, today we have the technological solution and we are basically ready to supply uh, these diamonds to, 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 the, to the end market. Right, Alexei, um, I, I know that the diamond industry in the past has had a bit of a reputation for maybe uh, being a little behind on, on technology. Um, how, how do our Rosa's clients you know, the, the, you know, the large number of manufacturers, dealers that buy from Alrosa, um, how do they view this issue? Do, do, are, they, um, are they willing? Do they recognize its importance? Are they maybe, uh, are some of them maybe nervous of this, um, of all this technology? Well, actually, for that, you'd, you would have to ask them. 
rather than me. Uh, I can just tell you from uh, from my side is that uh, we see that uh, we have a growing amount of discussions about tracing. We have growing amount of requests regarding the uh, to trace specific stones. We have uh, growing amount of uh, of uh, questions about how is it all structured, and uh, so I think. Um, this would be the indication of uh, where it all goes. Right, I see. Um, Rahul, you, you, you touched before on a um, uh, an interesting issue, which is uh, the, the danger of sort of f- flooding consumers with too much information. Um, so do you think there are cases where where providing provenance information, origin information, traceability? Um, can actually be a, a hindrance uh, when you're trying to sell a diamond. So, Joshua, I mean, basically, uh, there w- wouldn't be anything like too much information. I think the information needs to be relevant uh, because to close a sale or to convince a customer, uh, we, would, we will need that amount of an information which is kind of matching to his or her knowledge or about the subject. So there could be a customer who is just convinced with a grading report, but then you can have a customer who insists on uh, wanting to know the origin and the whole process the diamond has gone through. So, I, I mean, as retailer or anyone having interacting with the customer, they need to be prepared uh, to impart this information to them because customers have easy access to uh, technology. They can find information. They can know everything about, uh, they want to uh, know about their purchase. I mean, I'm sure we all must have experienced some given point in time where we made a purchase decision and uh, it didn't go the way we expected it to be. And uh, we had the awkward situation or we hear that, you know, didn't you researched it well? So no one wants to go through this kind of an awkward situation, uh, especially when they can access this guy, this information. So I would suggest uh, the relevance of information is important. As I pointed out earlier, that having a grading report with more than one country on it can confuse them. Uh, rather, they would want to know that, okay, if there was a well-defined origin, one particular country or one particular mine, or the complete process the diamond has been through, that may give them more confidence. So we got to be careful in what information we are giving. Uh, as long as it suffices, uh, uh, it uh, it helps them make a purchase decision. It should be good enough, right, David? I, I want to ask you about um, about blockchain um, because, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning, a lot of a lot of these um, a lot of these programs make use of blockchain technology, um, which is obviously a way of of storing data securely. Um, are you able to explain to our listeners what exactly is blockchain and how exactly does it help? Um, the diamond industry. I'm going to try and maybe keep it as simple as uh, possible. Um, blockchain, as you said uh, in in your question, is actually in the end it's it's a place to store data. It's a kind of a database. Uh, um, it's a distributed database, which means that all that information is not kept in one place. Um, the value of blockchain is, is how it stores the data and how it enables people to access that data, um, and that. Uh, there is a growing use of blockchain uh, for storage of data. Um, this uh, started out, you know, blockchain is very well known because it's of its infamous 
um, connection to to um, cryptocurrency, and um, but blockchain is being used to store information in in a secure way, um, in actually many different uh, areas and in different industries. Uh, the main disadvantage of, of just a blockchain based solution if it only is a blockchain is the fact that you don't really know what information is going into the blockchain you cannot verify if the information is correct uh, it's not being verified so as as the the saying goes garbage in garbage out um, and actually blockchain could give it a, a feeling that because it's in blockchain it must be correct which which is of course not 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 uh, not not the correct statement so so blockchain is is a possible tool, a possible option to store data. Um, and uh, I think the main objective or the main challenge is how do you ensure that that information going into the blockchain is actually correct um, and verified? And, and that's where we're focusing our solution on. We actually work with a number of our clients who have their own blockchain um, setups um, and uh, integrate our information and, and the traceability information into the blockchain platform. Um, again, we're not experts on how to store uh, information on the blockchain, but if a client would want that, we definitely um, uh, work on integrating um, the information into that blockchain platform. David, um, I, w- I wanted to ask you also about um, the, the, the issue of, of trust here, because it seems that, that technology can only go so far um, and that the, the crucial issue of, of trust in the, in the diamond industry um, r- remains um, uh, in, in terms of who, who's inputting information um, well, I, I think, first of all, you know, trust or, or relationship between the parties, um, I think is a very, very important aspect for business in general. Uh, on the other hand, um, I think technology has evolved uh, to this position that um, you can trust the technology um, even a lot more than, than um, information that is provided manually in the pipeline. And again, it's not necessarily a, ma- a matter of people wanting to try and uh, circumvent the system, but, you know, manual processes in the end are very prone to, to mistakes um, and, of course, to, to, to other um, more negative activities, fraudulent activities. But, uh, you know, uh, technology is very, um, uh, you know, it doesn't have an opinion. Um, it doesn't make mistakes uh, uh, once it's working well. And I think, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, is it better than a manual process that is uh, based on declarative information? And I think, you know, as long as there wasn't technology available, um, trust was the best thing out there that could be used. And, and, you know, there was a lot of systems based on trust, based on declarations. Um, and it wasn't, uh, you know, that was, that was as good as it was. And uh, I think today technology can take it to, to a significantly higher level um, and increase that level of trust even more. So, uh, I think trust will continue to be an important part of the relationship between the different entities in the pipeline, uh, but technology can just make that trust uh, a lot stronger and a lot, and a lot uh, um, uh, stronger in the long term. Right. I see. Um, Alexi, um, I wanted to move on to the issue of um, of different diamond categories. Uh, the 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 general assumption I think is that uh, the higher value the diamond, the more the traceability. Um, and provenance is important. So the sort, of, the sort of diamonds that people would want in their in, in, in engagement ring, um, you're more likely to, to have consumer demand for some sort of traceability confirmation. Um, do you agree with that? And is it harder to trace um, the melee? 
Yeah, look, so uh, as for every technology, uh, there is an adoption rate at which uh, the new technology is adopted. Uh, so here you have to distinguish clearly between the economical reasons or economics of tracing and the, te- and the technological aspects of tracing. So it's our understanding that uh, today, from technological perspective, you can trace any diamond, whatever the size is. Uh, and uh, maybe, okay, maybe you can't trace the dust, but uh, there are actually different tracing technologies based on chemistry and physics that uh, let you actually trace even the dust. So now the, the question is about the economics. And of course, uh, as every new technology on the market, it starts from the highest value goods and it goes uh, then backwards and backwards to the lowest value of, uh, of uh, diamonds in the pipeline. So now if we speak about the particular sizes that, uh, of goods that La Rosa is mining, uh, we today, already today, we can actually, uh, we can definitely provide tracing services for all of our plus 10.8 sizes uh, goods. Um, these are rough diamond sizes. We can also provide tracing for almost all of our 5 to 10 carats. And we can partly provide tracing for 8 grainers to 4 carats. And we can even actually provide uh, tracing for lower sizes, such as four to six grainers. Uh, actually, we have an experiment running with uh, with our clients right now, where we are tracing four grainers to six uh, grainers uh, diamonds as we speak. Uh, we trust that uh, we actually can go even lower in size, even lower than that. But uh, the question is that at some point in time, uh, on our end, we would have to make some certain organizational changes uh, so that uh, we can implement tracing of lower size uh, goods. Uh, we actually know exactly what needs to be done on our end. And uh, there is actually not quite a long lead time in order to implement these organizational changes. You know, you know, it's more of a question of demand that is driving this process. So to do these changes, we would have to understand that the demand is really there and that, uh, and that the end consumers are inquiring to really have diamonds of these lower sizes to be traced. So that's why if we speak about uh, um, an adoption of these diamonds at scale, of these lower size diamonds at scale, uh, then uh, we're talking about these organizational changes. But uh, now, uh, actually, even without this large adoption, even today, uh, even when you trace larger size rough uh, diamonds, such as 5 to 10 carats or plus 10.8 carats, and depending on the planning solution that you use to cut these diamonds, there can actually appear a series of smaller goods, smaller diamonds, which fit very well within the engagement category on the retail side of things. So actually already today you can find traceable diamonds that will have all of the relevant tracing documentations, such as La Rosa Diamond Passport, that confirm the origin of this very diamond. And you can actually find such diamonds already today and market them as I don't know, say like uh, diamonds for engagement rings that are fully traceable and fully compliant with the requirements of uh, of the provenance and uh, the origin. Thank you, Alexei. Um, David, I, I want to ask you a, um, a final question before we finish. There's obviously been a lot of a lot of developments in this area in the last uh, in the last few years. What do you say has been the next stage for diamond traceability? What what um what can we expect in the future? So I think uh, I'll connect maybe to the end of what Alexei said um, is, is, first of all, uh, is enabling a cost-effective solution for the large majority of goods. Um, so any technology, um, as it's introduced, generally 
is relevant for um, the larger sizes, the better qualities, uh, the more expensive goods. And as the technology um, um, improves over time, it goes down to the smaller and cheaper goods. And, and we've seen that basically with every technology that's come into Diamond Spray over the last 20 years, whether it be laser machines for cutting, whether it be planning machines, whether it be Galaxy, they've all started on the bigger sizes and gone down. And what I can say is if you look at uh, the past years, the, um, the rate that technology becomes relevant for uh, the large majority of the diamonds in the industry is, is, is accelerating a lot. So I think with traceability, the process that maybe took once upon a time, 10 years for a technology to go from the 10 character to the 10 points or, or even lower, um, is going to happen very quickly. Um, and uh, it's not going to take 10 years. In my opinion, it'll take two or three years maybe uh, to get down to traceability to, to below 10 point diamonds. And to be actually, um, you know, we actually have programs of, of 20 point polished diamonds already being done through traceability today. So I think that process of making it cost effective is one, one aspect that we're going to see, um, in the next uh, few years. The second is, um, I think interoperability between different traceability systems. And um, I think that's something that is inevitable and will have to happen. Um, there are, as mentioned, a number of different entities, um, providing traceability solutions, uh, other than ourselves, you've got the beers, you've got, um, uh, GAA and, and others. Um, and I believe that in the end, um, for the consumer's benefit and for the retailer's benefit, uh, these systems either have to integrate into one another or, or talk to one another or, or merge into a single system that, that in end enables providing this value, uh, to the relevant players, uh, whether it be the retailer, um, or other entities, uh, along the pipeline. So, so I think that at some point in time, they will definitely have to see something like that happening. And uh, in the end, uh, for the benefit of the, the users of this information. Right. Um, thank you. And, and uh, Rahul, what do you see as, uh, um, as being the, the next thing to look out for in this area? I think David made a very valid point that with so many solutions existing there for a manufacturer, it can be quite challenging if the different solutions don't talk to each other because uh, every uh, solution has a different way of uh, working, a different technology involved. So for us to be working with multiple solutions can be quite challenging. Uh, I think the interoperability is extremely crucial if we talk uh, one single uh, language. I think the technology is there uh, talking about the serene traceability. It exists. It's, it's pretty objective uh, and it's moving at a very fast uh, pace. So uh, it's just a matter of time, uh, as David pointed out earlier as well, that from non-grading graded diamonds, you know, the switch happened to diamonds with grading report. I think it's only a matter of time before we can get as many diamonds as possible onto this kind of a platform. Uh, and it, it helps uh, to the manufacturer. It really helps distinguish its, its uh, product. It's no longer just another uh, diamond with a grading report. We have a strong story and we can find a better connect with the today's consumer. I mean, they, they are getting this kind of a traceability solution across uh, different industries as well. So I think uh, we need to keep the pace uh, and we can't be left behind. Right, I understand that. Um, and Alexi, any final observations? 
Uh, look, um, not observations. It's just that uh, I've been involved in uh, these tracing activities for uh, for quite some time now, and um, for some reason, uh, I believe that uh, maybe in 2021 is the year when um, we would see a much bigger and greater demand for tracing and provenance. Uh, product and uh, what I believe is um, that uh, uh, thanks to these uh, new features that the diamonds are getting in addition to what it's been for the past decades, I believe that it can drive additional demand. It, it can it can it can drive uh, new interest and it can drive uh, new business opportunities on the market. Sure, that definitely makes sense. And thank you, everyone. It's been a very informative discussion on this important topic, and I've been pleased to have been able to uh, to join you. Thank you, uh, thank you, David, for your insights. Thank you very much, Joshua. Thank you also, Alexi. Thank you, Joshua. It's been a pleasure. And thank you very much, uh, Rahul. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you very much. I'd like to welcome to our podcast, Leanne Kemp, who is the CEO and founder of Everledger, a technology company that offers solutions to make supply chains more secure and transparent. And that includes working with many diamond and jewelry companies. Leanne, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for the invitation. It's great to be here. Um, perfect. And um you know, we, we've been following Everledger for, for some time now, and, and I actually think that the, the company was the first to recognize the opportunity that um, that you can apply blockchain technology to the diamond industry, or at, the, or at least from my memory, it was the first to talk about it publicly. And I think that was maybe about five or six years ago that I that I think I first met you at a, um, at a, at a conference. I think it was in India. Um, in that time frame, um, blockchain has shifted from relative obscurity to being somewhat of a buzzword in the trade. Um, so from your perspective, what has driven that heightened in interest in the technology? I guess there are a number of factors at play. I mean, firstly, the technology itself, it's a complicated technology that's being underpinned by next generation of the internet protocols. And the maturity of the technology is starting to form and fast form because of the adoption of digital currency and also digital transformation efforts across multiple industries in the world. So I guess when we start thinking about the technology evolution itself, that's certainly taking some pretty substantive leaps and bounds in the right direction, particularly given that the World Wide Web will eventually move to its next generation set of protocols of the World Wide Ledger. In terms of the industry itself, I guess the conversation has shifted. And when the conversation shifts, um, particularly as the economics of industry have shifted, we're now heavily a demand-driven industry. We certainly know and understand the challenges that were presented to us in terms of COVID and the digitization efforts required to, as they say, the new normal work from home. We were starting to understand we need um, whole of business systems to be able to drive not just only the connectivity of our conversations, but also the connectivity of trade. And I guess it's the marrying of both of those, the evolution of technology starting to become um, what was not what was once seen as embryonic uh, into really uh, one of those more agile sets of technologies that are being deployed across multiple industries and more deeply across multiple types of use, whether that be in cryptocurrency 
currency or in the traceability elements that we put to play. Um, when we start to also see now the concerns of global trade, we need a way to bring together trade in a trustful manner that can respect privacy but can do it securely and under a way upon which these technologies are easily able to be consumed by industry and by consumers. And that's really where blockchain is playing a significant role. It's interesting that you make the point that we've, we've become a demand-driven industry. And, and I think particularly in the last year during, during COVID, um, that's, that's been a big shift. And it, and it comes across um, all um, sectors of the, of the pipeline, and particularly the rough market seems to really be um, ready to supply diamonds according to demand. So, so I guess you know that, that blockchain framework would enable that in a in a big way. But you know, it's it's uh, we we tend to sort of um, throw out a lot of these technical terms, and you know, full disclosure, the concept of blockchain and uh, has been explained to me a number of times, including by yourself. And while it's being explained to me, I get it, but afterwards I. I'm, a, I'm at a loss. I can't explain it to the next person. Um, so maybe can you give us a um, really in, in, in very simple terms for the layman, what, what an explanation of what blockchain is? Yeah, of course. I mean, blockchain itself is a technology that enables not only the trading of digital currency, but also the connection of data in a way that's scalable and secure. Data is often stored with inside of databases and they're often held within a centralized command or in somebody's server. What this technology does is connect a peer to so all of these different computers join together to form an entirely new network of distributed ledgers. So when data is stored, it's stored at multiple places at the same time. And whilst blockchain is seen to be new technology, actually the foundation building blocks of blockchain are as old as cryptography, which of course was used um, by the British government to break the enigma, uh, build them an enigma machine to help, of course, solve some of the challenges of World War II. So it brings together database technologies, secured technologies like cryptography, a way to bring multiple players to the market to bring a consensus of truth, and that forms an entirely new set of networks. And so it's a network-based technology that at the centre and the core of it is bringing truth to data. Okay, and so, so what is it about the diamond industry that makes it a good candidate for this um, for these applications? Well, I guess um, the diamond industry uh, it's positioned very well because it does actually have an incredibly well positioned consensus in its human model. So when we think about the Kimberley process and how that was formed to solve for a very very real problem um, of understanding blood diamonds, you know that consensus methodology the way upon which um, industry votes and provides for a consensus methodology in how to solve a problem can actually now be put into a digital system and a digital system of trust. So firstly, um, there's, that, there's that challenge in any industry when they want to adopt blockchain is how can you enable a way to bring a whole of industries together to form its human system of trust. And the diamond industry, for all of its good, bad and indifferent, has a really well-formed human system of trust. 
within industry. What I think blockchain can also help to provide is transform that human system of trust into a trust marker that consumers can interact with and provide for their um, confidence within market. Now, of course, we do have a challenge because if we have a physical object in a physical world and then we have a digital ledger and how do we transform the physical object into a digital object? And, of course, that's where we bring together various types of other forms of technology to be able to identify the object and consistently identify that across the supply chain. I've often spoken about blockchain being a really important application of the future, the next generation of the internet, but blockchain alone will not solve for the challenges of industry. It must come together in a symphony of technologies. So it must be able to connect to machines. It must be able to read, you know, um, serialization. Uh, it must also be able to take fingerprinting information off a physical object and store that reliably. Um, and that is really where the power of companies like Everledger can come to the forefront because we're not only thinking about the technology and the challenges of the technology, we're also thinking about What's the problem to be solved and how do we go about using multiple layers of technology to drive an entirely new solution set to the challenge that exists? You know, you touched on the industry turning into demand-driven and what I'm super excited about in 2021, this will be the year in which businesses will toss a variety of sales channels out into the market. They're going to stick a number of things to the wall and see which one shines. It's not just going to be a decision around what type of technology you use, but we're also starting to see experiments with ways of understanding how we can gain far better customer direct relationships with not only the company that's trading, but also the object itself. And that's, to me, what's pretty exciting. Um, new offerings will come to the market that will be artificial intelligence-based, so AI-based, as well as really ecosystem-orientated set of works. And that's the vision that we're holding for 2021, and we're starting to see the early days of that payback beginning to become the bedrock of operations and insights across the diamond industry. Mm, it's um, You, you preempt uh, one of my one of my later questions about what do you foresee for the industry um, mo moving forward, but it certainly it's, it seems that um, the key word for me is efficiency. That it seems that um, with all these multi-channel ways of selling a diamond that are, that are now becoming available, that the technology is enabling um, the buyer and the and the consumer at the end of the day, firstly to um, to have a certain amount of trust that supply chain is um, is robust and responsible. And secondly, that uh, for the for the trade itself, that the supply chain is more efficient. Yeah, I think it's a pretty exciting time to be in industry and working alongside industry because what we've started to see is the retran the retransformation of what is seen to be a supply chain to value chain. And when we think about supply chains, they exist to serve a, a certain type of metrics around cost and or time to market and or the type of product that needs to be built and or manufactured. What we're now seeing is a transformation that occurs from supply chain to value chain. And when we see that transformation effort occur into value chains, different questions are being asked. Certainly cost is a factor, expertise is also a factor, time to delivery is also a very big driver, but so too are the 
value alignment within industry. And the value alignment is also asking very different questions about the impact that supply chains are having on people and planet. And so when we see a lot of these, um, you know, when we see a lot of the sustainable corporates um, projects that were running over the last 10 years, you know, they were often separated from the operations or the procurement. It was really a marketing activity for CSR. And now what we're seeing is that being plumbed directly at an object level to say, what is this diamond contributing? How are we thinking about greenhouse gas emissions? What is the footprint of that object? And of course, then what is the collective value and or collective value statements can we make as an entirety across that ecosystem? system and that's a pretty exciting place to be. Mm, I, I, I love the the term value chain um, as a um, because I really think that that encompasses the the trend that you described that we are seeing I do think that COVID um, accelerated this to to some extent but um, we certainly saw the trend developing before the coronavirus and the the pandemic that um, companies, the good that companies were doing was really a central part of their messaging and their, their marketing activity. And I think that is, um, that is an exciting um, place for the industry to, uh, to, to be. Uh, to be. Um, Everledger works with companies across that value chain or across that supply chain, um, whether it's manufacturers, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming mining companies as well, and certainly retailers, you just um, uh, had a partnership with Rare Carrots, which is an online um, jewelry seller. Does your approach differ according to where the company sits along that um, distribution chain? Or is blockchain a one system fits all? So we're definitely stubborn on the vision and flexible on the details. And whilst provenance and traceability is an underlying um, set of wiring to a supply chain, there are various different solutions and various different problems that each of the segments within the supply chain presents uh, where enriched data around object, enriched data around traceability, chain of custody, sustainability can not just only solve for a challenge but also realise entirely new value concepts constructs like greenhouse gas emissions is a prime example. Um, And so we do have a platform and that platform provides for uh, a set of tooling that enables fundamentally good people doing good business with, um, with the right intent to understand impact and value. And we've presented that solution not just only within the diamond industry but also in coloured gemstones and emeralds and rubies and sapphires in textiles industry underpinning some of the uh, largest commodity trades in Australia with the nation brand of wool um, as well as further afield into these industrialised supply chains where rare earths, metals and minerals are a concern of the future like in stored energy and batteries. And so what we've proven out over the last number of years is that Industries are all struggling with the same set of concerns around that migration, as I said before, from really looking at the supply chain as a a cost-based time mechanism into value and value creation, Um, thinking about how the rise of brands are changing with with Web3 and how does Web3 present itself in a new brand. So what we've been able to prove over the last number of years is that some of the concerns of industry in the diamond industry are shared concerns across many different industries, whether it be coloured gemstones and even in fashion and textiles. 
you know, there are a number of ways upon which we have to reimagine value and that's what these technologies are providing for. When I think about Everledger, we really put people at the centre of the problem that we're solving and whether that be from an impact perspective or whether that be from a usability, from a product perspective, that's the drivers that we actually put at the centre. And so hence our product does sit now in more than 130 countries in the world with users across many different industries and we have six operational centres with about 100 people in the company in just short of five years. I guess the same vision was held for the likes of Amazon. When they started with books, they saw something so much larger and grander and so too have we. I think that we're starting to tackle one of the most important questions of our time and that is not just only where does something come from but also where does it go to after it leaves me. So financial services are looking at problem statements when it comes to um, bringing trustful financial services to industries but we're only ever concerned with KYC, know your customer, whereas Everledger has started to solve for the problem of KYO, know your object. And when you combine both of those together, there's entirely different value that's created. We're de-risking supply chains and also our entirely new ways upon which we can finance the diamond pipeline is starting to come to the forefront of our thinking now in the next sort of 10 years of our evolution. That, well, that's it's very uh, it's very exciting, I think, and I mean that 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 sort of um, discussion about um, the, the industry has so many audits, for example, in, to to prove responsible sourcing, and, and the question whether you should be auditing the company or the or the diamond itself, you know, is has been has been a long standing one, and and the fact that today we we can do both is very encouraging. Um, thank you very much, uh, Leanne, for for shedding light on on this um, this trend. Before we close, maybe a, f- a final question: What should diamond companies be asking themselves? What's the first sort of step that uh, that a, that a company should take to um, to get onto that ledger or, or, or be a part of the, um, the this next stage of web development? So we've certainly made it very easy for companies across the entirety of the supply chain, whether they be diamond mining through to manufacturers, even certificates and laboratories are able to interact with the application. Um, you certainly don't need to be a blockchain expert. We take care of all of that. And uh, everledger.io has an online sequencing where you can onboard data. We run compliance checks over that data. And of course, we do do KYC. We do a KYC check so that we can build a network uh, of trustful people doing good business um, with with the right set of tools. So I would say, uh, firstly, ask the questions of yourself. How can you fulfill the demand-driven exercise and the change in industry? What types of sales channels are you involved with today? We can't be relying upon the uh, different ways of trade that the industry relied, relied upon in the last two decades. That's rapidly changing in the next two months. And so the speed of evolution is starting to come to the forefront. But with that... Um, technology companies like ourselves are making it easier to be able to take the focus of the customer and customer-facing actions at the centre of everything that you do. And so think about Everledger as a way to engage closer connections to transform your supply chain to value chain, 
to also appreciate the focus of your customer and allow the diamond to tell the truth of its story. I think that sounds like a, a, good, a good place to for a company to start and a, and a good place for us to um, to, to end our discussion. Um, thanks um, very much, Leanne, for, for joining us and um, and explaining a bit about uh, blockchain and um, and how Everledger is contributing to the to the industry's um, uh, digital journey. It's appreciated. No problems. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.